Okay, I'm going to be honest. It's getting late. This is probably my thousandth take trying to intro our guest today. I told myself I wasn't going to say this, but I am. She's amazing. That's how we're opening it. I've tried a bunch of different ways. None of them sound good enough. This way doesn't even sound good enough because she's that badass. It was a great conversation. She's extremely credentialed. She has her master's. She has a doctorate of physical therapy and a doctorate in human performance. She's crushing it. And on top of all of that, she is studying the role of cannabis in exercise and physical therapy. What more do you want? She is amazing. I would definitely recommend checking her out on her podcast. Yes, she also does a podcast as if all of the work that she's doing wasn't enough. She makes time for a podcast. It's awesome. Check it out. I have to stop talking because any more that I say is just going to do a disservice to her. Please give it up for Dr. Whitney Ogle. I've been telling myself that I was going to somehow figure out a way to take this outside because it's so nice. Yeah. But I keep falling back on, oh, you know, it's it's winter. Like, it's coming. It's going to start raining. Like, by the time I move it outside and figure out how to do it, it's not going to be worth it. Exactly. And then there's a day like today. I'm like, I should have just put it outside. I know. I know. That's all right. It'll, it'll make us really enjoy it afterward. Yes. Yeah, yeah, to leave this dark room and then you go out. And Plus, like, oh, it's yeah. like too hot right now outside. It's like three, the three o'clock time, you know. Yeah, it'd be a little rough. We'd be out there sweating. Exactly. Like, okay, we need he to... wants to do that. Yeah. 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 And so we were talking about the podcast mm-hmm. and starting with Humble Beginnings. Yeah. I think that's, that's why I was really happy that I found you because you're kind of at this beginning stage with you. Not that I'm any farther. I'm still right at the beginning with mine. Yeah. But it's cool seeing you at this stage where you're like, okay, we're just, we're starting the podcast. Exactly. It's something that I've had in my mind for years because all I do, like, I'm I'm taking a break from listening to podcasts to, to, like, be here right now. Basically, I'm just, like, constantly listening to podcasts. And so for, for years, I've had this idea of making a podcast. And... um and yeah, it was like the the time has now come. Like I'm I'm finally ready. Like I I feel like I I have some things to say and and like I have a reason to do a podcast now. And um and now it's like oversaturated. Who knows? But like if if anyone, it'll be helpful for anyone. But um yeah, it feels good to finally be doing this thing that I spend a lot of time engaging in all the time. Well, like you said, you actually have something to say. I mean, I'm over here just spitballing ninety percent of the time, <laughs> but you actually have real stuff to say you can add Maybe. to the conversation well yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in theory but you are extremely qualified i mean if anybody's going to speak about cannabis research i can't think of anybody better yeah i'm one of uh and this is one of those things i've had to like really work on in myself is like all right i'm like one of 50 people who knows as much as i know about this that like this is actually kind of a rare thing that people that people know about and so yeah i actually kind of do know some things and i i can feel okay with that why did you want to go down cannabis read? So we should start off. Yeah. You are a professor at Cal Poly, mm-hmm. Cal Poly Humboldt, HSU, for those of us who have been around for a little bit. And you were, you do research with cannabis and exercise, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, I think. I was very excited that you do that. 
Me too. But why? Because <laughs> there's a stigma around cannabis, right? For sure. And especially the branding of, oh, we've got the, the stoner who's just hanging out on the couch, eating candy, not doing anything. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of it came from my own personal experience. I, I've... Uh, I've gone to a lot of graduate school at this point. Like I, I was uh, basically a professional student for eight years. Um, I started out in physical therapy school, and in physical therapy school, you know, I'd have a handful of conversations with people about um, how we could maybe use cannabis with physical therapy, but it was like super not one of those things that we talked about in school at all. And uh, so very much like stigmatized, like under the surface, I was like, hey, I think it would be cool to, to do this. Um, and then I went to uh, Indiana for graduate school. In Indiana, it's like super not okay, <laughs> not okay to have any uh, weed in your system um, or like be caught with weed. Uh, Way more stigmatized. When, yeah, yeah. Especially when I was there. And so, um, yeah, I but I still had those ideas of like – it's really something that I know that I do. Like I, I even even when I was in Indiana, it's not legal, but um, I was still using weed with with climbing. I just really enjoyed pairing the two together and really enjoyed it. And so it's like I know that there's something here. And at the same time, you know, I'm listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and it's like they're talking about all all these different types of exercise and people getting high before you know rolling in jujitsu. And it's like. People are talking about this, and a lot of it is just such bro science of like, oh, yeah, it's really good to, you know, open up your lungs. And it's like, there's no research on that. I know that there's no research on it. I've looked at the research. It doesn't exist. And so, um, so yeah, when I, uh, when I was looking for jobs right outside of graduate school, I saw the job posting for, um, for Humboldt State University, and I was like, Humboldt. I know that name is typically associated with weed, like at least for, for me. And so I was like, all right, that might be a place where I can actually do some of this weed research that I wanted to do. So I found there's a, a, an organization called the Humble Institute for Interdisciplinary Marijuana Research. It's a uh, group of uh, professors at Cal Poly Humboldt now who all do research related to cannabis. So we have professors in sociology and um, business, economics, uh, like all across campus. And so it was uh, as soon as I started my job there within the first month, I was like, all right, who do I need to contact? I contacted people from sociology and psychology and was like, all right, I want to do cannabis and exercise research. Uh, oh, we can't, we can't, have, we can't have people get high and do research yet. Okay, uh, that means I'm going to do a survey study. And so, yeah, I just kind of started my first month of completely changing my research agenda because it was something I finally wanted to do and just did it. So when you were going to school, this was in your graduate pursuit yeah. that you started thinking, okay, cannabis would be interesting. Yeah. I'm using cannabis, you, especially with rock climbing totally. and jujitsu as well, right? Yeah. Those are the standard two where yeah. we're going to smoke a little weed and we're going to go do this. Right. And so that kind of, it's funny that the branding for Humboldt reaches all the way out there. Oh, totally. Because everybody hears Humboldt and it's like, oh yeah, 420 weed, you guys right. have the best weed. Emerald uh -huh. Triangle, right? I like, learned yeah. that in college. I learned that in, in Washington State in, in college. It was like, oh, this weed's from Humboldt. Like that meant, that meant something Carried some weight to it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Were you at that point just using it for climbing or were you using it for recovery purposes? Just like life. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, just, just like, I, I'm, I'm just on. like a... a I'm I'm realizing now, looking at the research, that I'm uh, kind of an outlier in terms of like use. It's like I'm a daily cannabis user, and like maybe even a couple times a day. And so, you know, talking about that stigma, it's like we typically think about people being lazy and like not motivated. It's like I've gotten three graduate degrees 
being a daily cannabis user. And, uh, and so like, I knew that that, that wasn't true about cannabis users. And, um, and yeah, so I was, I was really excited to be able to start investigating this other world. And again, that's why I say you're the perfect person to talk about it yeah. is because somebody says, oh yeah, stoners aren't worth anything. They just sit on their ass right. and you turn around and say, I've got three degrees. I've got two doctorates <laughs> and a master's. Uh-huh. What are we talking about here? Do you want me to show you some research? Exactly. That's what I'm doing. Although I, I might be biased, though. I might be, you know, kind of biased towards finding the good things about cannabis and exercise and, and trying to stay away from more of the negative things. But I'm trying to keep an open mind. But I think it's important in that for the longest time, all you had was the negatives. For sure. Reefer madness. Yeah. If you smoke weed, you're going to start you know, living on the street, trying to get crack. Yep. That's how it goes. Totally. It's a gateway drug. Yep. And that's all you got. And I'm sure, I've never been to Indiana, but I have been here. And even here, there was the stigma of if you smoke weed, you're going to go down this path and it's not going to be good for you. Right. You're not going to amount to anything. Right. Your life is going to be in the toilet. This is drug use. Right. Yeah. And I, the way that I've kind of described it to people over time is, is like life is awesome. You know, it's, it's like, um, it's like bad analogy, but you know, like the, the Bellagio in, in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas yeah. Yeah. Like the, the fountains outside. And it's just like, oh, like those are so beautiful in and of themselves. And then it's like synced to music and it's like, well, that's even more amazing. And so it's like, yeah, life is awesome already as is. And then we just makes it like a little bit more awesome. Uh, How did you find cannabis? Ooh, good question. Um, it wasn't until the end of my freshman year of college, honestly, because I still I'm from the Midwest, and so I definitely had that like, no, I'm not going to do drugs kind of thing. And so I uh, I waited until like the end of um, my freshman year of college. I'd seen people, you know, smoke weed in college. You've been around it. Yeah, uh, only in college. And then I was home for the summer in between uh, uh, my freshman and sophomore year. And some of my friends from home uh, had started smoking weed while they were in college. And so I felt safe with them. And, and uh, yeah, and then when I went back to school, I would just start – smoking weed with some friends here and there and then finally got to the point where I was like okay I think I'm gonna like buy buy some of my own weed and not just like rely on other people and then you know from there it's been a regular uh thing in my life now is your family do they smoke weed uh it's been a process so uh when I was in college my brother was in high school and my parents found weed in his room and they sent him to Narcotics Anonymous Wow. Yep. Yep. For weed. Uh-huh. His sponsor told him that he needs to replace that by uh, smoking cigarettes instead because that's better than doing drugs. Oh, how funny is that? Right. Yeah. So yeah, my brother- smoke some cigarettes. <laughs> I'm going to help you get your life on track yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. a pack of camels. Exactly. And so, um, so yeah, that's that was kind of the understanding in my household. And um, and then I think my parents caught me with, with weed at some point, and that was like- you know, really a passive aggressive conversation at one point. And then uh, at one point, my brother and I realized that we were both smoking weed and we actually got along really well when we smoked weed together. And um, and then finally, we were at Thanksgiving one year and uh, we were drinking all together. And we real I've, I've learned now drinking around my family is like not a good time for any of us. And so we were all fighting. And uh, and finally, my brother and I were like, hey, dad, alcoholic is not 
good for us. And and like Jay and I really we get along really well when we're smoking weed together. Can we just like replace replace this? Can we just smoke weed together instead of uh drinking together? And so now we've like started to like normalize having like, you know, smoking around or like edibles around. I'm not I I wouldn't go like out of my way to like smoke weed in my parents' faces or anything, but it's been a process of of acceptance for them. I would imagine a long process. Yeah, and I mean it's still we're still I'm still processing it too. I think that because I'm I'm building my my name and and like, you know, reputation, my scholarly reputation around cannabis and exercise, my parents are seeing that as like, okay, well at least she's not, you know, out there just like selling drugs, like she's, you know, doing research on this. And so yeah, it's it's been a process and it's still evolving. I don't know if my mom is still fully accepting of of me talking about cannabis as much as I do, but yeah, it's it's a it's been a positive trajectory. Now, what was their reaction when you first approached them and said, "Hey, I want to do this. I know I was going to school in this direction and that's great and I'm still focused on exercise and physical therapy, but I kind of want to add in this element of weed." How did that conversation go? I don't know. I think I just kind of said like, this is, oh yeah, I'm doing this new study right now and and didn't really ask. You kind of just threw it out yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't like ask for permission, you know. My parents don't really even know what my science is even about really anyways, so. That helps, it right? Doesn't when matter. you tell them <laughs> your degree and they're like, okay, and they just start parroting it because they don't really know what it is. Right, right. Yeah. It's something that they can tell their friends later like, oh yeah, my daughter has a PhD, but you know. They don't necessarily yeah, need to ask, go into the details is, what of it. What is that? Yeah, like, yeah. That's, you know, just this thing. <laughs> is she studying? Right, right. Is there any pressure, though, or was there any pressure at the time when you wanted to make that decision? Because obviously it's still federally illegal. Totally. And that stigma, though it has gotten better and people are warming up to weed, it's still, there's that air around it when it's like, that's what you want to do with your life? Yeah. Even just using, like, you, you want to smoke weed? Really? Yeah. Go, um, go hit a bar. Go get some alcohol. Why are you smoking weed? Yeah, I guess I um, I find people, like, uh, uh, getting drunk, I find that, like, really unappealing. Like, that just, like, is not... Well, people, drinking Drinking yeah. is fine. <laughs> drinking is okay. I'm, I'm fine with, like, people drinking around me and everything. Like, I'm, I'm fine drinking, too. But uh, I don't know. Like, just being around more drunk people, I'm like, really? Like, y'all think that's okay? Like, I'm... I'm like having a good time with my cats in my backyard right now. Like that's that feels so much better than whatever this is, like with y'all drinking over here. And so, um, yeah, there's still definitely that like Midwestern part of me that even with starting the po- especially with starting the podcast where I'm like, is it appropriate to even say that I've smoked weed? Like, I don't you're talking about it. Yeah. Now. It's and not I, just I'm trying to be it. a professional, you know, and, and so like when I'm in academic context and like talking to other academics, I'm like is it even okay for me to talk about this? And so, um, and, and, you know, talking to my students too, I'm, I'm tr- I really try to not bring it up and like try to not make people feel uncomfortable if I say the word weed or say the word cannabis. And um, so it's, it's been a process, but um, I, ge- I'm, I guess I'm like not ashamed of it. And so I'm, it's, I'm becoming more and more okay with saying that I, I smoke weed. Well, you shouldn't be ashamed of it, right? Right. Nobody should be. Yeah. And if you, if anybody that knows people who smoke weed and knows people who drink, 
you want to hang out with the people that smoke weed. Exactly. Ten times out of ten. Absolutely. Way better to At be around. At least I do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's getting into a bar fight when they're stoned. Exactly. It's just not happening. Yeah. You guys might argue over the last slice of pizza, but nobody's, <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to start throwing punches. Right, right. It's interesting hearing that you were a little nervous to start the podcast because I've come across that in doing this. Like, yeah. Should I talk about these things? Should I bring this up? Am I going to be judged in a weird way? Like, should I try to keep this private? Yeah. Like, where do I navigate this road that I'm going down? Were you more nervous to start the podcast or to start researching weed? Start the podcast. Really? For sure. How yeah. funny is that? Yeah. Um, because, you know, the research, I can I can make that really objective and just, like, be really scientific about it and just say, like, all right, well, here are, here's the methods I'm going to do. And then, you know, I do the study. I run the statistics and, like, write it up. You know, I, could, I can be distant from that. You've got that degree of separation. Right. Exactly. Because when you're writing up a scientific paper, you're not saying, like, well, this is all based on my own personal experience. I'm not you don't say that in, in science. You just you're you separate yourself from the science. Even the the verb tenses you use. It's just like you never say I when you're writing um in a scientific paper. And so yeah, like I didn't ha- I could I could be separate from it. Um but yeah, when I started the podcast, it was like, all right, I I'm part of this and um and part of the the purpose of the podcast was to to destigmatize it, um, to destigmatize the idea of cannabis and exercise and also just cannabis use in general. Like it's um it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna go to hell for smoking weed. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, and you're not gonna go down this like I mean, I know that some people certainly do and cannabis is not for everyone. Um, but but yeah, it's like you're not gonna go down this weird dark road of drug abuse necessarily yeah like that disclaimer that you throw into your podcast i'm not advocating that everybody smokes weed (laughs) exactly i'm not saying that i'm just saying here are the experiences and we're going to tell a story right i think exactly that's that's funny that you i noticed that when you first threw that in there i was like oh yeah that's smart yeah hey by the way yeah i'm not advocating it you can if you want to but i'm not going to tell anybody to do it totally exactly because i still have like a, a a level of professionalism where i'm just still like you know if if someone does you know, smoke weed and and do some kind of exercise and they get injured. Like, I don't want them to come back and be like, it's because of her. She told me to do this. Like, no. I was just I, listening I... to a doctor. Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I try to be clear about that. Now, was there any contention with colleagues or with Cal Poly Humble when you, because obviously you are in the research field in that regard. Yeah. But then when you do tack on, okay, I'm going to, start this podcast and I'm going to be talking about use and my personal use and bring on people who are using. Was there any hesitation from their side of, hey, maybe we should? I guess I didn't ask for permission. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> it's always better so to ask for forgiveness. I'll find out. I'm going up for tenure. Like this this year is like the, the year I, I turn in my file in, in like two weeks and then it starts going up the chain to see like if I should get tenure or not. And so it's like, we'll see if someone up the chain finds the podcast and, you know, tells me that I should not keep my job because of this. Who knows? Um, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, but, um, you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, it, it was interesting when I, when I first decided that I want to do, I wanted to do cannabis and exercise research, I reached out to people in other, uh, in other departments that were already doing cannabis related research. And then I talked to some of my colleagues within my department and I was like, hey, like, is this going to be like okay for me to do? Because I, I didn't know what it was like to be a professor. No one, no one actually ever teaches you how to be a professor. 
And so uh, just talking to them, it was like, oh, this is just not something that any of my colleagues are interested in in my department. And so that's fine. I can just go hang out with my friends in sociology or, or in psychology and and partner up with them instead. But it was when I started going to the university, when I started bringing up like, oh, I would like to see how cannabis actually affects human performance, like how, you know, let's have people run on a treadmill, like let's see like, how it actually affects people. That's when we started talking to the legal team for the whole California State University system. And they were like, absolutely not. Like you, we cannot have any cannabis on a college campus. This is going to affect uh they were really affect, uh, worried that this was going to affect the federal loan status. And so it was going to affect whether students could get loans from the government, I, I think. I'm not really sure. It's never been really super clear to me why the CSU system has been really resistant to doing any human subjects research with, with uh, cannabis. Because I just talking to some of my colleagues who are in uh, at universities in Colorado, it's like, what? You're able to partner with a CBD company? You're able to actually get product from a CBD company and have it in on campus. And and here, like, you know, our research institute can't take any money from like Papa and Barkley or, you know, any of these other local companies that are like, hey, we'd love for you guys to actually do some research. We can't take their money because according to the California State University system, that is seen as us laundering money for the cannabis industry. So it's it, it's it's been a really tough um, battle to try to figure out how to actually do the human subjects research, but I'm seeing more opportunities um, around to be able to get around some of the uh, legal pro- problems. How do they expect you to do the research here? Just through a survey, or yeah? So I've I've, I've only done survey research right now. Yeah. How much does that suck? Like, I just want to get, I, there's so much weed around here. Can't we just, exactly. you know, bring it on the campus I in know. a controlled setting? Yeah. I mean, I always think about, like, there's so much research I could just do, like, in a weekend. Like, just garage research that I can just do, like, all right, let's throw, like, beanbags towards a target. How accurate are you when you're high when, versus when you're not? Like, it's not a hard study to do. It, you can do so much easy research. Um, and there's, like, a ton of things to uh to account for when you're doing like all this cannabis research because um, cannabis is very complicated and it has, you know, so many different variables. And so it's like, gosh, we like this is worthwhile to investigate all of these things. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that with the, the survey research that help, that's going to help guide what we end up doing with the human subjects research. Have you noticed it? I mean, has it gotten any easier trying to you know get the ball rolling towards actual hard research involving weed or is there still that brick wall of mm, there's we're gonna a lose funding? little bit of that brick wall still but um i i've been really hopeful because of how people have gotten around some of these legal restrictions in uh in colorado actually it was my first episode of, of my exploring cannabis and exercise podcast where uh, I interviewed Angela Bryan, who's a professor at University of Colorado at Boulder, and uh, they got funding from the National Institutes of Health to get a van where the van um, goes to people's homes, uh, the participants who are going to participate in the study, goes to their home, the, the person comes into the van, they do some pre-testing on them, they go back into their house, use cannabis, uh, like you know whatever product they want, um, and then they come back into the van, do post-testing. And it's like... 
that's genius. Like, you know, you can't have any cannabis on a college campus. Fine. You know, we can, just go, we can go to them. Yeah. yeah. And so now with more of these smoke lounges around that are available, um, you know, the Papa and Barkley social and then the like high tides, I think, whatever that one is in Eureka now. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like another indoor um, place. And so it's like, all right, y'all are licensed to do this. I would just have to ask and, and see like, hey, can I have people there do a do an exercise protocol with me or, you know, whatever it is. And so I, I'm I think that might be the way to get around it right now. Well, that seems like a great idea, right? Because then it's not on campus. I mean, are you even involved at that point? You're just showing up to this right, place. Right. I'm just gonna observe, maybe bring something to have people play with so I can See how they're performing. Right. I mean, you still have to go through like IRB. You know, you still have to get it approved, make sure it's like ethical and everything. But yeah. yeah. But it's not the same as bringing them into totally. a classroom and saying, totally. okay. Exactly. You're going to smoke weed. Right. You're going to have this one joint and then we're going to run some tests. Right. Right. Do you think that will pan out? I hope so. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's weird that, I mean, it's weird that Colorado is way more friendly to it. I know. And California still. Exactly. Yeah. And, and my, it might be one of those... Um, California State University versus the UC system kind of things. Like I, I don't I think that people who are in the University of the UC system are maybe are able to do it more so than CSU. They have a little more leeway. Maybe. I'm not sure. Or I would be interested in private schools as well. Totally. That, I have no idea. The oversight's not really there in the same way right, as that you're right. depending on the federal government. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and no idea. That's crazy. You would think that people would want the research, right? If if cannabis is as bad as everyone says. And then it shouldn't as, be sold. <laughs> well, at least you would think that they would want hard evidence, hard tests proving, okay, these are the side effects. These are the problems. Mm-hmm. This is why you shouldn't smoke weed. Yeah. There's none of that. Right. There's no, there's no conclusive evidence. We don't really have an understanding of how it actually impacts people or what it can lead to because nobody, you can't study it. Yeah. And and that's and then on the other side of that, it's frustrating when I do go to a dispensary and I say, you know, what would be good for, you know, exercise performance or something? And it's just like, oh, this product right here is really good for this because it has the CBN. And it's just like, I know, I know that that research has not happened. And so like when I see products that are specifically labeled like, oh, this is to help you relax. This is for excitement. It's just like, why? Like what? Uh, how did you how did you test focus if the if it's labeled as like this is this is weed that's going to help you focus how did you test that why is it labeled as that and so it, i'm i get frustrated when i see like the people who think that they know what they're they're talking about cuz they've heard it from you know that someone bro else yeah that bro science thing yeah. exactly and it's like trust me i've looked at all the research on this and it doesn't exist and so it's just like, listen, guys, this is not real. That's the big thing, right? Is you ask anybody who smokes weed, okay, what's a good strain for this? Or what? Yeah. You know, if I want to go for a run, what should I be smoking? And yep. everybody has an answer. Everyone oh, you want this an strain? Especially with CBN. That's a newer, it's oh, newer on my radar. Me too. But it's popped up in sleep, right? That is mm-hmm. the, that's the big one everyone is promoting. Oh, if you want to go to sleep, it's not CBD, it's not THC. Well, it's THC, but it's with the CBN. Right. You want a high dose of CBN, and that's really going to, you're going to fall right asleep. Yeah. It's better than melatonin. Right. It's like, you're maybe. Like, Where's I don't know. the research on that? <laughs> yeah. Can you show me a paper? Exactly. I've, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I haven't looked at the sleep research in, in like a year, but 
I don't think it's out there. Yeah. 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 And I don't know where CBN came from. That just popped up on my radar a couple right. weeks ago. Right. It's like there's another. What is CBN now? Oh, where did yeah. that come from? All these, all these different cannabinoids. Yeah. There's like over a hundred in in weed or whatever. So when you're performing these surveys that you are doing, mm-hmm. what what does that entail? Uh, is it just a question and answer of their own experience, and you're trying to correlate to something, or? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we. Uh, there's been a couple of survey studies now that have been done with cannabis users and across the board. So we, we typically ask people, you know, how often do you exercise? How often do you use cannabis with exercise? What is your uh, what kind of activities do you do under the influence of cannabis? And then um, what what do you get out of it? And so uh, that's what we found across the board, like, you know, all these different survey studies uh, that people use cannabis with all kinds of different activities and they they just helps them enjoy the experience like that's that's the that's the biggest thing that's most consistent across all studies is that it just helps people really enjoy exercise now in terms of physical therapy specifically is that also just an enjoyment thing or is that more because you the big one that you hear is recovery oh if you smoke weed especially a high cbd strain you're going to feel great the next day. If you have a hard workout, smoke a little weed after, you're going to be great. Right. And I, there's. Is that true? Does that track? You know, I, I'm I'm still, that hasn't been a line of research that I've really gone down. But uh, from what I've heard, and one of the podcast episodes is with um, someone named Johnny Lozano. He has done some of this survey research as well, but he's also done some of the cellular research where you look at actually inflammatory biomarkers in your blood and urine. And so uh, with that, he's like, actually, cannabis users have like higher levels of inflammation, actually. And so it's like, what do we actually know about this? It's like people who are also physically active. And so, yeah, I'm not I'm not fully um, I don't fully buy into like this magic pill kind of thing that that CBD is just like, wow, your recovery is so much better. You know, I've tried I've tried using, you know, the salves or whatever you put on your skin and it's like, oh, my my like I'll put it on like one leg to see. All right. Does my like left leg uh, feel less tight the next day compared to my right leg because I put it on my left leg? And it's like, no, I'm you know, your body. I think some of it is related to your expectations Almost of how like your body's pr- going to feel. A placebo in some regard. A you're little priming bit. Priming yourself to it. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, and then something else that I think about is uh, particularly with like the MMA guys, where it's like, oh yeah, it's really helpful for my recovery to just like you know feel better afterwards. It's like, yeah, you were you were being fought for for a while. Like, yeah, you know. Maybe smoking weed after exercise just helps you calm down after being attacked. Yeah, amped up. <laughs> You're running at 10, trying to fight somebody. Exactly. And not die. And yeah. Yeah, maybe it just mellows you out after that. Right. Yeah, so maybe it's something like that. I don't know if it is necessarily working on all of the cellular side of things. That's that's super not my uh, how my brain functions. Like, I, like Once things get cellular, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, I, can't, I don't understand this anymore. Out. Yeah. And so... Um, I, I just kind of think like overall functionally, like really is your, do you really feel better that next day or do you think that you feel better that next day? Well, it's interesting that 
the inflammation markers were actually increased. I yeah. had not heard that before. That's yeah. that seems odd. I would not have guessed that. Well, and I I guess um, even just the term inflammation, it's one of those things that I feel like people have talked about a lot more lately where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, gluten makes me – it's like inflammatory. And it's like, what what does that mean? Like when you say, oh, I, like, I've, de- I've definitely noticed I've like have less inflammation. It's like – what what does that what does that mean? Like, do you see swelling in areas, and like now there's less swelling, or is it like a a feeling in your body? Like, I I guess I I haven't experienced that myself, so I'm having a hard time really understanding when people say it's really good for inflammation because I don't I don't I don't really understand how people see that in themselves. Do you think that people are just using inflammation as a catch all for everything that they don't really understand? Probably. What it means for something to be inflamed. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And like recovery is just like such a catch-all term too. Yeah. If you just feel better, you're yeah. recovered. I'm recovered. My body's exactly. thrived. I can go hard yeah. again today. Yeah. 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 I. It's it's funny in the sense that you could drink a soda and if you feel slightly better the next day, nobody would say, oh, you know, this. I drink Dr. Pepper after workout and I feel great. Yeah. I, it helps me out a lot. But you smoke a little weed and you feel better the next day. Yeah. You know. I- Right. And we've all I I've experienced that where you have a hard workout and then the next day you feel way better. It's yep. like, oh, it's the weed. The weed helped. It's the CBD. Uh-huh. Uh and then when I was in graduate school in Indiana, we were doing research at the time about uh how people could use chocolate milk as a recovery aid. That's another big one, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's like we find that yeah, chocolate milk in between exercise bouts actually helps you perform better, but uh if you if you drink chocolate if you exercise drink chocolate milk and like eat normal meals and then exercise the next day there's no effect anymore and so it's like you know if you continue to eat and like continue to do other things that are good for you the effect of this one like miracle chocolate milk thing it's like it goes away um it, so maybe it's helpful and like in it'll be interesting to see as research evolves like what is the time scale here and like what other factors might also contribute to improved recovery or improved inflammation or whatever we want to talk about? Well, and I always get hung up on the fact, especially when you're doing research, it's hard to control for everything. Yeah. So what if you have, you're doing this research on, okay, how well can your body recover after exposure to THC? How do you know what that person's eating? Are you controlling for the meals that they're eating? How often they're eating? The quality of the food? Are they eating processed food? Are they eating natural food? Are they eating a lot of sugar? Are they smoking cigarettes? Are they drinking alcohol that week as well? How do you control for all of that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's all part of that process of figuring out like the right uh, like what what and actually like what's most important for the outcome. Like what what are you really trying to investigate here? And so I know that for some studies, they'll have people come in like at night, they'll give them some kind of meal and then come in first thing in the morning. And so there's not a lot of of variability and then specifically choose people who are not, you know, cigarette smokers, um, like anyone who is a cigarette smoker or like has alcohol, like within that period of time are just not part of the study. So you just exclude them from the study. Um, but yeah, something, I mean, there's so many different things to control and that's something that I think about all the time because I guess for the last two summers, I've been playing around with my own understanding of how cannabis affects my own performance. And so, uh, I've, this summer I've been, um, smoking 
only weed from uh, from my friend's farm from Canada Country, uh, Canada Country Farm. And so I've been systematically going through all of their strains with my my types of exercise I do. I, I run and, and I do yoga and I climb. And so uh, so I'm like, all right, I want to know nothing about these strains before I go. And I don't want to know the, the THC content. I don't want to know if this is an indica or sativa. I want to go in totally fresh science mind here and just actually see how how does it feel to run with this strain in my system and um and that's when i started getting in my head of like well have i you know is it hotter today have i had the same amount of water today like what's when did i last eat and because i know that those things probably affect my performance but i'm you know it's like this is not official science i can kind of calm down a little bit and just enjoy uh the process of of understanding this but it's been a really fun process of trying to figure out what actually works well and trying to and realizing like yeah not all weeds the same um there are certain strains that i'm just like absolutely never use this with running again this was terrible have you noticed anything with that like a certain strain does affect your performance in a different way yeah yeah um there's there's been a couple of strains from uh it's number nine and number 26 from uh from canna country all of their oh you don't even know the name of it you have it uh that that those are the official names he, okay uh, I, they're they're crosses of different things i'm not sure he doesn't he like label he names his strains just numbers right oh, i now. thought this was you just writing it down like oh, no, no, no. trying to keep it abstract <laughs> to a certain degree and i was like wow you really are into it yeah no i it's that's just what they're what they're named but um yeah there's certain strains that i've i've experienced where some are I'm like wow i am fully in my head i am like not at all in my body right now but that feels good like that i'm i'm able to just let my body do what it needs to do to run like your body knows how to run like yeah okay have have fun in your head right now and then other strains where um i guess like with number nine especially that i've realized with yoga i'm like i feel strong like when i look around it's just like wow i i really am strong right now and just totally dissociate from who I am and just can get in the flow of of moving my body and just feeling like really strong in my body. And so, yeah, it's like a really interesting, fun experience of, uh, of figuring out what I what kind of experience I want to have with exercise. Are you testing method of consumption as well? That's something I'm I'm also interested in. I uh, <laughs> I realized recently that so yoga, I go to hot yoga at old school hot yoga, and um, it's an hour and a half. And so I would play around because because it's a longer period of time. I always think about with if you're exercising for a longer period of time, then maybe try an edible because it lasts for longer. And so I'll, I would take an edible before, like a half an hour before yoga. So it would kick in like while I'm already in the flow of yoga and then smoke like in my car, right, right, right before like I walk in the door, and um, so I still feel like the effects of the smoking right away, and then then it slowly turns into that the edible high, and I'm realizing now like I actually don't like that edible high that I get in the middle of it. I I would actually rather you know let myself just enjoy the smoking aspect of it. Um, like I, I don't like feeling lightheaded and I, I definitely notice now like, oh yeah, I do feel lightheaded when I, when I go from sitting to standing, when I'm, when I have the edible in my system and it's like, I actually don't like that. And I, and I also don't like that it's now eight o'clock at night and now I'm ready for bed. Like I, I don't enjoy that either. 
And so, yeah, just trying to figure out exactly what works and what doesn't and um, and continually trying to uh, really really understand what are my motives here and like what it, what's actually happening um, and do I like it or not? And, and if I don't like it, then what needs to change? Now, do you get anxious when you smoke weed or anything like that? Do you get paranoid? No. It doesn't hit you at all. Uh, so I've noticed a little bit with um, with rock climbing that there's, there was another strain um, from a different farm. I won't say who, uh, but I was like, I was climbing and I was like, I'm scared. I'm actually really scared right now to climb. And, um, and then other strains where I, I'll climb and I'm like, this feels great. Like, I'm not scared at all. Like, I'm able to go all the way to the top and, and feel safe and kind of get into this kind of Zen moment of like, I don't want to fall. So why would I be afraid of falling? And, um, and yeah, and so I, 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 I'm allowing, my, I allow myself to just enjoy the exercise experience. I think that's another huge part for me with the cannabis and exercise stuff is because I have been a student for so long and just you know, I, I understand too much about exercise for me to like actually enjoy it anymore. I can't just enjoy like going for a run. And so for a long time, I, you know, like I have to start the app to, like, you know, to see what my time is and, and like just get so hung up on like data, data, data. What is the, what does the research say about this? What should my respiratory rate be? What should my heart rate be? And just, it made me not really enjoy exercise. And so, so smoking and and exercising for me now it allows me to just enjoy it and to not it's like when I go into climbing gym I'm not there to like go climb the hardest things anymore like that doesn't matter as much to me I still like sometimes I do go and I'm like I'm feeling good I'm gonna climb hard today this is awesome but other days I'm like I'm not feeling it today I just kind of want to like fuck around on sorry i no, I you swear. can go. Okay, yeah, oh like, yeah. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> uh, it's like sometimes I just like want to like feel what it would feel like to hang from this kind of rock and like not just not enjoy the to, experience. Yeah, just enjoying it. Um, because that that's it's really easy for me to get in my head about like, well, what are the biomechanics of what's happening right now? It's like I don't need to have that be part of exercise all the time. That's funny. It's almost you're too ingrained in it. You've yeah. been a part of it for too long. You know too much in mm-hmm. a sense that the enjoyment factor just kind of gets sidelined. Right, right. Are you worried about that happening with cannabis or it does that job of pulling you back out, kind of grounding you? Uh, I I think, I mean, maybe it, maybe it will happen with me, but um, right now I'm just still in this like awe and wonder phase of it. Um, and, and all, all of these different research ideas are just so interesting to me uh, that I... I hope it doesn't turn into that. Um, I think like the academic writing part will d- has definitely made that like not as fun as it could be. Um, but even like spending time um, out on out on some some of my friends' farms, it's like the ergonomics that that they're going that the the stresses that they're putting on their bodies. It's like that's worth investigating because that's fascinating. And so I'm just kind of I always like thinking about research ideas. And um, and then to be able to like have cannabis be part of that is is really fun and really exciting for me. Um, it's just a matter of doing all those studies that I now have ideas for. The idea of rock climbing high freaks me out. 
just thinking about that. But I'm not a climber. I yeah. I want to get into it. I think it would be cool. I've done, you know, the basic where you're attached at the waist uh-huh. to one of those automatic levers. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can't really do You're not going crazy. Yeah. And it was fun. But the idea of doing that stone would freak me out a little bit. Right. I, I would just fall. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of it, right? Right. But you, do you have that moment where you feel like I'm too in my head? because of the absolutely weed. yeah yeah there's and, and that's what i've realized with certain strains that they, there are some strains that do freak me out and there's other strains where i'm like this is awesome my like this feels so cool um but yeah like with with um you know kind of back to that that my my go-to statement of like cannabis is not for everyone like don't don't use it if it's not for you and same thing with like uh if if even if you use cannabis all the time, if you are not familiar with rock climbing, don't start out. Yeah, rock don't climbing go hundred out of the game. Exactly. Day. Yeah, like start like just test it out sober first, and then and then you can maybe add stuff to it after that. But yeah, you don't have to go right away. Yeah, you were talking to Danny Emmon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Danny. Um, and I wrote that down because it was so funny. He was talking about how he would take edibles and then one experience he ran through the forest at night stoned and i was like why would you want to do that why would that be why would that be a fun thing to do go run through the dark in a forest stoned i would just find a tree and i'd be sitting there crying danny like, that is did not, just I, one of those fascinating people um uh for and the local people in town um he owns the the food truck the south g uh food truck at right outside of um redwood curtain brewery just a solid person like he's one of my favorite people in town just always has like these crazy stories and like experiences that was definitely um, a crazy story yeah yeah i mean and the the story that he said about how he wanted to run for 12 hours straight and decided to start at at eight o'clock at night yeah in the forest and then run until like eight o'clock in the morning it's like who does that like that's insane to me and um yeah, he's, I, I think that I cut part of that podcast, like part of that episode out because I was like, were you scared of like raccoons or anything? Like, were you scared at all? And uh, and he's like, no, I mean, like, yeah, you know. Didn't phase him. Yeah, it just doesn't, did not occur to him. That is so crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I would come back from that. That would change me as a person. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I wouldn't even enjoy running in the woods at night. <laughs> so Yeah, that alone is scary enough. And then you yeah. add in weed and it's like we're going to a different we're going to a different place here. exactly yeah and he's kind of one of those like uh zero or a hundred kind of people and so it's like that that tracks for danny is that pretty common have you noticed amongst runners i've never heard of runners using weed before oh yeah it's it's like a thing that um especially in the ultra running community really ultra marathons yeah and it's during or is it that a recovery thing as well um, I've kind of heard all of the above, yeah. Because, um, and and I think he's he talked about about it a little bit in the episode with him. Because I'm asking, like, how long do you guys run? Like, when you're running these ultra races, like these fifty, a hundred milers, like, how long does that actually take? He's like, yeah, like twelve hours. You know, it takes a long time. And uh, and so he was saying that you know he'll have a little bit of an edible in the beginning, maybe like a little bit like little couple hours into running but then at a certain point like regardless of if you have weed in your system or not your brain starts telling you like you can't do this anymore you should probably quit right now and so it's like yeah probably not not good to use it later on when your brain is already starting to fuck with you a little bit yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) when it turns into that mental battle of you just have to 
go to a dark place yeah. and push through. Right. That's I had not heard that with running. Yeah, yeah. Is that See, but then you'd have to wonder, man, does that help in some regard that has to help performance, right? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it in some way? That's what I think too. If everybody is using it, if there's this recurring theme of people that are doing these crazy cuz ultra marathons are ridiculous. They're insane. Yeah. And there's one, I think it's the Bigfoot 240 or Bigfoot 200, and it's like 200 miles. And you just run that continuously. Yep. Some people are just better than me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's just like, I'm so happy that works for you. Like, that, yeah. would, that's just like super not interesting to me at all. I support it. I don't know if I'd want to be a part of it, but yeah. I support you. Yeah. Over here. But yeah. The, we- the use of weed in that is interesting. I had not heard that. Right. And so one of the interesting um, studies that has been done uh, was that turns out if you if you just participate in any kind of like moderate physical activity for, um, you know, 40 to 60 minutes, it actually starts to stimulate your endocannabinoid system. And so that that runner's high feeling is actually your endocannabinoid system. And so my theory uh, for why people like to use cannabis before exercise is that like it hacks your that that endocannabinoid system and gets you into that runner's high feeling earlier rather than like waiting for it to come naturally that's my that's my theory i don't know if it's true or not but um when when he was talking about his own experience he says that he'll take an edible and then run out the house while it's it's like he's still swallowing it so he gets to that feeling where, where he's running and he's like he's you know sober while he's running and then it starts hitting in right when he's like oh i'm starting to feel a little bit tired and it's like all right now we're hitting this next level and now we can do we can run in a, in a different way now you're almost getting that boost instead of having yeah. to put in 45 minutes to get to that level you're getting it at 20 minutes exactly in. yeah that's interesting i didn't know that it activated those cannabinoid markers yeah that see that's why you need the research right that's why you need people studying this so exactly. you can say hey have you found any other research that shows there's a there's a performance aspect included in it you know, there's uh, a lot of the research that has been done was from the 1970s, and a lot of and a lot of that research, even in like you know the articles that are in like Leafly or whatever that that are about cannabis and exercise, they're all citing all these studies from like the 1970s and the 80s. And a lot of that research was done with uh, people using like less than five percent THC strains and smoking as the only method of administration, and um, they didn't really find any changes in performance necessarily. Um, and so now that, now that the, especially the folks in Colorado, they're starting to do some of that stuff where they're having people like run on a treadmill while they're under the influence and then asking people like to rate their performance and like how fast do you think you went and then compare that to like how they actually did. So comparing expectations with reality. And and I think that is really fascinating because sometimes I feel like you know, like, let's say, like, you know, my climbing, for example, where I'm just like, I'm feeling strong today. Like, I'm I'm climbing really well. If I actually, like, looked at, you know, what I did that day compared to if I was sober, is my performance actually better? Um, or is it just my perception that my performance is better? That's the big thing, right? Maybe yeah. you're just climbing at, like, 70%, but you're in your head and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm crushing it. Like, this is this is great. I've right. got this in the bag. Mm-hmm. And And to a certain extent, like, does it matter? <laughs> That's a good point, right? Well, I guess it, it matters in the sense of if you want to know about performance. If exactly. it does improve yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. But if you're just looking at it in the sense of 
your own experience and how you want that to play out. Right. When you want to have a better experience each time you do whatever activity. Because totally. running, running sucks, especially yeah. running. And it's monotonous. And so if you could make that a little better, that's beneficial, even if it doesn't have the performance right. improvement. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's like two kind of places you can go with that where it's like, yes, uh, everyone benefits from movement. So how can we make exercise more of an enjoyable experience for everyone? And so like, it, it doesn't matter if your performance was actually better or not. Like if you felt better about your performance, that's awesome. That's going to make you want to participate in exercise more. But then on the other side of the the performance aspect of it, like yeah, there's there's still, you know, athletes who get punished for using cannabis. And, you know, the World Anti-Doping Association ruling on THC is still like, no, athletes cannot have this in their system if they want to compete on the world stage. And so that's where um, we actually really do need to do that research to see if it affects their performance because it can actually change policy. And that's what I'm like long-term goal, like long-term kind of scary. Like if I'm really being real, like what I really want to do with this is kind of start to change some ports, uh, some other sport policies. In the sense that you would bring in cannabis as a tool for them? Not necessarily as a tool, but just... Um, Have some definitive yeah, like answers. For, like, for example, the the World Anti-Doping Association, that's that's the um, the standard for, like, in, in kind of, like, international competition. Like, uh, the Olympics is, like, the big one that uses WADA. And, um, and so to be on that list of the uh, prohibited list for substances, it has to have um, – it can't improve your performance. It can't uh, be a potential risk for harming the athlete. And then um, if it violates the spirit of sport. So those are the three criteria. If, it, if any substance meets two of those, then it's, it's on that prohibited list. And so right now CBD is not on that list. They've taken CBD off that list. But THC is still on there because they say, oh, it can help you relax and that's why it, it can help your performance or it helps you sleep and that's why it can help your performance. It, um, it could potentially decrease your reaction time. So that's why it might harm your performance or be at harm for the athlete um, or, you know, the, the psychological harm potentially for people, you know, not having good um, – uh, experiences with cannabis. Again, cannabis is not for everyone. Uh, and then, you know, the fact that it's illegal in most countries, is that, that's the reason why it violates the spirit of sport. And so, um, so yeah, it's like when you look at that statement, it's based on a paper that was written in 2011 before people started really investigating this further. And so, yeah, like, let's see if it actually does change performance and if it if it does harm the athlete or if it doesn't harm the athlete then yeah we need to change the policy well it, it's interesting in the distinctions that we draw right because you can take certain painkillers and things like that and that's allowed that's fine mm -hmm. i was listening to a podcast we were talking about joe rogan i was listening to him talk to aaron Rodgers, and he was talking about how players were using i think it was percocets yeah mid-game yeah and that was just okay Mm -hmm. But if you smoke a little weed after a game, you're out. Yep. Yep. And that's changing. And I've been really hopeful to see some of the, the bigger organizations changing their policies like Major League Baseball and NFL. They've they've changed their their guidelines around cannabis use in their athletes. And um, the interesting one that's gone the other direction, though, is uh, is surfing, where I just learned this recently that uh, surfers were actually like a huge reason why weed made it around the world, because they would um, 
they'd uh they're like the original drug smugglers they'd bring their weed like in in their surfboards and like go to different countries and go surf and then you know sell their weed to like make money to be able to survive this endless summer lifestyle how funny is that right i know it's so interesting but now because surfing is um going to be on in the olympics now uh now there's more and more surfing competitions that are testing for cannabis now and so that's the one sport where it's now gone the other direction where it's now like we have to be really serious about not letting uh, our surfers smoke weed anymore just changing that whole dynamic of surfing which is interesting in the sense that that's almost the opposite of what surfing is when you think of a surfer you think of a laid-back guy just having fun enjoying life mm-hmm. and now you've got this structure because of the olympics yeah yep do you remember when michael phelps smoked weed and that scandal dropped and it was like the world was on fire absolutely i mean he lost a lot of money from that like huge sponsorship deals and as a swimmer like you professional swimmers like they don't make money (laughs) like high level elite swimmers they have a really hard time actually surviving as like an elite swimmer and so for michael phelps to have lost that amount of money is that's a big deal but um i'm i was really impressed with the way that the you know the world kind of talked about uh it's it's changing because like last summer when the shikari richardson thing that was another big one yeah where like you know 10 years ago, no one would have been speaking up for her, you know, 10 years ago. It's like, yeah, I I know that she was still, you know, uh, demonized in some cases, but like there was so much more support around like, no, let her run. Like we need to change these policies. Um, And so the fact that we've changed that, that uh, discussion as a, as a, uh, in like in the media going from the Michael Phelps, like losing all your sponsorship to like, no, we need to stand behind this woman. Like, this is actually really fucked up that we don't let her run here. Um, I think that's a huge step that we're that we're making as a as a society. Did they end up letting her run? Oh, I don't oh. think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then, like six months later, there's the Russian figure skater who was like found using the heart medication. And she was what sixteen? Yeah, which which also is like you know, does she have agency over her own body at that point? Oh, I, you know, probably not. Agency in Russia. I what know. are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, a side note here: uh, some of the mo- most foundational uh, exercise science research actually came from Russia back when, like, you know, it was like behind the Iron Curtain, where uh, they wanted to show their prominence on the world stage at the Olympics, and so they were able to do like really highly controlled studies um, where they were able to say, like, you go to sleep at this time, you wake up at this time. Uh, you're going to eat this food, like this many, you know, calories or whatever. So they were able to like have very highly controlled studies in Russia um, because they didn't have the same like ethical standards of research at the time. And uh, but yeah, like that's it's foundational for our understanding of like mesocycles and like metacycles for for training um, from Russia just because they wanted to compete on the world stage. Well, there are hardy people. I want to say that kettlebells came out of Probably. Russia. Yeah, I want to say that I could see that um like kazakhstan or something probably but on that's another great point is a lot of ufc fighters come from that region of the world just a hearty a hearty people yeah you know i was i was just i was having this conversation with um have you heard of the high rollers Uh, it's a jujitsu competition where everyone's high for it i think i think you talked about that on your podcast Yeah, yeah yeah so um dupree um 
that my my like last episode that I published is episode number five with my old student. Um, he's the one who who told me about it, and then I finally reached out to the high rollers and uh, did an interview. I just need to you know get it out. Uh, but yeah, I I was asking about that. I'm like, you know, jujitsu seems like one of those things where like yeah, maybe I am biased by the whole Joe Rogan thing talking about jujitsu and 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 weed, but like, is this really as pervasive as I think it is in in this sport? And he was like, you know, there's there's like two types of people who are you know, compete in jujitsu all the time. It's like a lot of them are like, yeah, they're stoners and they're they're fine with exercising with weed in their system. And then the other group is um, is like military and and police. And so it's like we have other that completely other perception of of cannabis use from that the same. And so now they're able to like roll together and start to change that stigma, like even within that population. So they have these competitions now where uh, it, it's called um, uh, it's like, like police versus stoners or like, you know, it's I think that's like really a cool way to conceptualize it as well, to start to break down the stigma with like the people who, you know, can get you in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, think about how many people are locked away even now. Yeah. for having an ounce of weed it's not even trying to sell the weed just having an ounce exactly yeah locked up for 15 years locked up for life right and it's it's easy to feel like god like what am i what am i even doing here and you know like this like silly thing that i'm doing about like cannabis and exercise like people are in prison right now for like just having cannabis like i should probably be focusing my attention on like helping them get out of prison and like changing policy related to to you know the legality of cannabis as a general thing rather than like sport policy um but uh you know you can do it we can um does that ever trip you out where when maybe you're just smoking a joint and you think yeah this is great and then you realize oh wait this shit is still illegal federally do you ever have that moment of like what is happening in the world right now you know I haven't had that as much since I've lived in Humboldt. I think it's a different world here. It's a You're different here, especially world I can here. imagine from the Midwest. But if you go anywhere outside, I mean, especially Humboldt, there's just the culture here is different. Yeah, and you leave there, and it's it's a culture shock. Yeah, when I when I first moved here, again, I came directly from Indiana, and so like every day, just kind of smelling weed in the air, just every single day was like this is profound already and then um my first time like going out to the bar and someone's like rolling a joint at the bar and i was just like what is happening right now this is okay like oh my gosh like this seems so wrong there's a police right there like oh my gosh and it's like yeah no one cares like the police doesn't care that you're smoking weed right now like they have other things to deal with it's like wow and so that has like really let me feel okay with just like going for a walk and smoking a joint like while I'm like at the marsh or I I don't know I could try not to like you know have weed waft to other people who don't want it around them but I don't feel as uh I don't know I don't feel like I need to hide it here like a self-conscious yeah I'm not a self-conscious thank you that's the word um yeah like I'm not a self-conscious here and so uh I don't know what it would be like to go back to the Midwest because I would I think that I've I've now learned like oh yeah why would I care about this and it's like no there there's still places you should really care <laughs> to not show that you're smoking weed in front of people. I had that experience one time with alcohol. I was in Vegas for a couple of days 
And I came back and I went to the bar with a couple friends and I asked them to put it in a styrofoam cup for me. <laughs> and they just laughed. They were like, where are you from? And I was yeah. like, oh, wait, we're not in Vegas anymore. Yeah. But it's just you adapt so quickly exactly. to a way of life. Yeah. And then you go somewhere where that is not acceptable or that's not legal or whatever the case may be. And there's that barrier of, oh, shit, this is... You're, you cross this imaginary line and now you can't do what you did. Exactly. And it's so arbitrary. Yep. It's just this imaginary thing. Yeah. We're going to drop these lines. That's why I, I understand why people were upset with Biden when he came out and spoke. Who was that girl? Brittany Griner. Mm-hmm. And he came out and said, can you find what he said? It was like atrocious that Russia locked up this this girl for having weed meanwhile again how many thousands of people are locked up across this country for weed i would be pissed if i was in prison and i watched biden say yeah they need to release her this is what are we doing in this world where we're locking somebody up for weed meanwhile in your own country that's what you're doing yep and and still not making any moves to legalize it nationwide and could do it with a stroke of a pen yep yep it's all it would take it's it's ridiculous it seems not ignorant but it seems ridiculous that there's this stance where some states you know it's it's legalized some states it's not the federal government kind of just takes this weird back seat but they can enforce if they want to they can Mm -hmm. still raid if they want to yeah even even with doing the survey research like when you when you do a study that people have to sign an informed consent before they participate in the study to say like i i'm actually consenting to participate in this and i understand that if i if i want to drop out at any time i can um and typically you know you have to keep the informed consent the signed thing from the participant for x number of years and um but with with the survey because the way it was explained to me was that Technically, the federal government could come in and seize all of the names of the people who've consented to this research and could arrest all of these people because they have said that they use cannabis with exercise. So therefore, we have to do a different type of informed consent that doesn't include an actual signature from people because there's still this like weird federal you might get raided kind of thing. That is so crazy. Right? And so you have to protect the people in your research because... Yeah federal government might come knocking exactly that is so crazy i had not heard that before right yeah wow this is um this is what biden said today american citizen Brittany griner received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. it's unacceptable and i call on russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife loved ones friends and teammates my administration will continue to work tirelessly and pursue every possible avenue to bring Brittany and Paul Whelan. I'm not sure who Paul Whelan is. He's another person who is incarcerated. Locked away over there. Yeah. Paul Whelan home safely as soon as possible. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Yep. Yep. Well, and it's also um, crazy if you think about it just like on a larger scale. Like, why is she competing in Russia anyways? It's because women in the uh, WNBA are paid so little compared to men in the in the nba and so in order to survive um you know and make it financially yeah they do have to work overseas for half the year and so it's like kind of screwed up that we live in america where we're not paying our female athletes 
reasonable wages so that they do they are forced to go to another country and continue to compete. I think there's some misunderstanding with that though because nobody watches the WNBA. That's the problem. Like I mean, more, t- pe- more people are. More people are, but compared to, I, compared to the NBA, it's minuscule. I think the NBA actually subsidizes the WNBA because there's nobody watches. Yeah, and and that's you know it sucks. Don't get that's me part right. of yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. it sucks. But I think people like to point out and say, oh, you know, there's this this unequal pay situation, but nobody's watching. It's but the you know, if you if you like compare that to soccer, like no one's watching men's soccer, like. You know, in, in America, but nobody in America, are, yeah. but in the world, in the world, for in sure. the world, yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. I think that's the biggest sport in the world is soccer. It is. Yeah. But nobody's watching the WM. They should be, you know, people should be crying out, hey, watch the WNBA so these people can get paid more. Totally. Yeah. But nobody says that. And I that. think that, you know, it, it does take um, NBA players who have shown interest in, in WNBA. Like, you know, I know that uh, Kobe Bryant, before he passed away, like, he was always going to like WNBA games and like, you know, cause he saw it as a future for his daughter too. And so, um, you know, yeah, uplift like, it. Yeah, promote it. we need to have more men actually stand up to be in favor of, you know, seeing the value of women participating in sport too. Do you watch any sports? You know, not much. I don't watch any. I watch the UFC. I'll catch that. Yeah. My, my big thing is, uh, I was a swimmer growing up, and so uh, I really enjoy. Closer or what? Oh, we're still working out all the kids. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I grew up as a swimmer, and so uh, I really liked the Summer Olympics because it was finally the the one time every four years that people actually liked the sport that I was in. And so, but, you know, the Olympics are really problematic in a lot of different ways, and so I, I still I have to like come to grips with the reality that um, you know, the, the Olympics are exploitative and problematic in a lot of different ways. But uh, that's the one thing that I'm like, I as I have to acknowledge that there's problems with it. But I, I do enjoy the, the Olympics. The fact that they don't get paid and yet they're making billions off of the advertising and those television networks for broadcasting it. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting any money. Yeah. And then, then, and then they have to pay that. taxes on their on their medals. And they're just hoping that they can win. So maybe somebody will sponsor them. Right. Maybe they'll get some advertising deals. Yeah. Because you're not making any money. Yeah. And meanwhile, these people are supposed to be representing the country. I believe there are some countries that do pay and do yeah. pay pretty well. Probably, yeah. Not the U.S. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're... Um, there's a lot of things that are not great about America. We could work on some things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could work on some things. I don't think it's crazy to say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, in your ideal world, if you had the power to do whatever weed research, cannabis research that you wanted to do, where would you start? Would it be with that sports aspect of trying to figure out, okay, is there a correlation between performance and this and then maybe change some of those rules? Or would it just be on performance just to see if there's anything? Yeah. Does it help you? Does it help you focus? Does it help you... Does it help your cognitive ability? I mean, where would you want to go if you had one shot? I have... Uh, you have a thousand. I have, like, like, so many different how do I ideas. Do it uh, it's like, all right, which one do I choose? Um, so my my PhD was in motor control and motor learning. So how we uh, how our brains and bodies talk to each other to learn new skills and to control our bodies. 
And uh, so I was doing my research on reaction time and understanding um, the the planning that goes into like uh, reacting to a stimulus. And so I would be really interested in looking at um, at reaction time and different different types of reaction time models. Um, I'd be interested to see uh, like eye tracking. Um, uh, there's you know uh, hardware they can like see what people are actually focusing their attention on while they're doing a task. So I'd be interested in seeing like the perceptual side of things. I'm interested in um perceptual in the terms of if it's diminished because of the weed, like your uh, eye like tracking what ability. do people pay attention to? Yeah, when they're when they're uh participating in a certain activity. Because people who are more skilled at things, you know, they're they're able to understand exactly what they need to focus in on. Uh, and so uh like when you look at people's eye tracking behaviors, when they're more new at something, they're kind of looking all over the place versus when you're more skilled, if you know exactly what you need to pay attention to and kind of can tune out everything tune else. out everything else. Yeah. And so I'd be really curious about what people are like visually paying attention to. Um, I'm interested in like the sensory kind of side of things. And, um, and so like your understanding of your body uh would be another interesting thing like how does it actually affect your sensory perception um you that's know. a big one i've heard with weightlifting is that mm. if you lift and use weed you feel more in tune with your body you feel your muscles more right yeah and that's one of those things that um i i had as an option for why do you use cannabis with exercise and i took uh, i basically went through every single uh you know uh article about cannabis and exercise just like in in like the ether just not not necessarily from like studies but from just like oh high times has this little thing about you know using cannabis with you know running and so like what do they say in that article and so i was like going through every single thing that the internet had said about cannabis and exercise and one of them was um enhances the mind body spirit connection and i was like all right cool i'll add that as like one of the options and and it ended up being one of the top 6 reasons why people use cannabis and exercise in my study and it's like how do i describe that to scientists because like that's yeah, not explain that in technical the mind terms. body spirit like how do you actually investigate that like what does that even mean um and so that's one where i i i need to i'd be really curious to find ways of of exploring that like how cuz that's what it feels like it like it improves my my mind body spirit connection like when i'm climbing or whatever it's like how what does that mean though how do i like what do you measure for that well i think in terms of weightlifting you could almost set it up in a way where you would go in and say okay i'm going to do x amount of reps per set mm-hmm. and have them figure out a baseline maybe and then have them smoke weed and see if they can more align with that. I don't know if that would make sense. Maybe, yeah. But that's that's the perception you get is that you feel more – like you almost know what your body is capable of mm-hmm. in a more extreme way. Yeah. Instead of, you know, shooting for eight reps and you only hit six. Which can go either direction though. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You could under – Because it's like, now I'm so in touch with my body and now I'm like, oh, I'm actually really feeling tired right now. Maybe I should stop. Yeah, I'm only going to do three. Exactly. I'm a little tired today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that is true, huh? I don't know. So that's another problem is how do you provide tangible ways to test these abstract ideas? Yeah. What is your mind-body connection? What is that? Try to quantify that. Yeah. And I mean, you could look at, um, you could set people up with um, EMG. So like having little sensors on people's muscles to see 
uh, the activity of muscles, like are people actually moving their bodies in a more efficient way, perhaps, um, when they're using cannabis with exercise, and like maybe that's what's happening. Um, I'm also interested in learning, like uh, so. Uh, I teach a class, motor learning and development, like how we learn new skills. And um, so every semester I learn a new skill. Like uh, last semester I was working on handstands. I've done hacky sack. This summer, the summer my skills that I wanted to learn were to learn how to roll a joint and to learn how to do a sit start on a slack line. And so like, I learned my two skills this summer. But um, I just I, – I'm really – I would be curious to see how – using cannabis when you're learning a new skill affects the way that you're able to retain that skill or not. Because typically cannabis has been associated with not remembering things like a poor memory, but it also, when you're learning new skills, uh, when people are having a more of a positive experience with that learning experience, they tend to learn it better because they want to practice it more. Like if, if someone's yelling at you while you're trying to learn something new, like, you know, like, no, that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it like this. People actually don't learn well in those conditions. Like that increases your cortisol, which stops any kind of neuroplasticity. And so like we need dopamine to like feel good about ourselves and to enjoy learning a new skill. And so, and also, you know, when you're high and trying different things out, like you don't have that as much of that um, self-consciousness. Like when you're, when you're really new at something, it can feel like everyone's looking at me like why can't I juggle everyone else can juggle you know and and I feel like I'm I wonder I, I I'd be curious to know if people who are using cannabis while they're learning a new skill if it makes them try other strategies and so you end up learning this my theory is that you would end up learning the skill better because you're willing to try more strategies to figure out what the right one would be and more open to failing and being okay with Actual that. problem solving. Yeah, yeah. That, the idea that there's memory loss attached to cannabis, is there actual research on that? Because that's another standard trope of you know, short-term memory is going to be shot. Yeah, I. this is something that I, I should probably investigate more because I remember at some point, you know, I don't know if this is bro science or not, but uh, like people who have used cannabis are at less are less likely to get Alzheimer's maybe. Oh, I had not heard that. I heard that a while ago. I, I, we probably need to kind of fact check that one. But, um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, in the short term, it can affect your memory because you know when you when you're starting a sentence with someone and you're like telling someone a story and then you're like, why did I bring up the beginning of that story? And it's like, what were we just talking about? You know, like we can, you know, like we have we've all had those experiences while we've been high and talking to someone. It's like, what were we even talking about? So yeah, there is something to that, but um, I don't know about like long-term effects. And like you said, it would be interesting to see if that would cancel out with the dopamine hit of making right. that that experience more enjoyable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fascinating. I mean, imagine right. if it does, if it helps you not only learn the skill faster, but retain it. Yeah. Yep. That would be pretty crazy. Right? Yeah. The, what caught me off there was that slacklining, that sit start. <laughs> I have tried slacklining. It is very hard. I'm not good at it. Uh-huh. Yet? Yet. Yes. That might be my, one of my new skills that I need mm-hmm. to learn. But that was that caught me off guard when you said that because I realized how difficult that is. Yeah. Do you slackline a lot? Is that a pastime or you just wanted to learn that one skill? Yeah. I've I've been slacklining for five or six years. I'm not not great. The, the slacklining... Well, you can sit start. I can sit start on a, on a pretty tight line. Um, I, I'm... 
still kind of getting used to other size uh, sizes of, of slack lines. Um, the Humboldt Slackliner community here in town is just amazing. They're they've just they're so positive and they like they don't care if you're good or bad. They're just kind of like, oh, you want to give it a try? Come on over. Let's let's give it a try. And like, oh, you just fell. Oh, that's that's okay. Like they all kind of like cheer when each other fall. It's it's such a really open like loving kind of community and it's been like a fun to to like be one of the worst people there <laughs> honestly but they're just like still so nice and still like yeah come on over let's let's go slackline um yeah and just being uh they're they've been really patient with saying like oh have you tried this have you tried this and um yeah it's been they're like a really great community here a lot of cannabis use uh Less than you'd think. Really? I think sometimes. Um I <laughs> this all of my skills got together in like one uh conversation the other day where um I, I rolled a joint before I went to they do Slack Sunday at the climbing gym here in town. And so they set up the Slack lines in the climbing gym and it's a, a really great place because you're you're less afraid to fall when you're because they've land. got the padded floor. Yeah. Um, versus landing on the ground with like sticks on the ground and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I was, um, at, whenever I go to Slack Sunday, I'll, I'll like, kind of roll a joint and, you know, whoever's there and wants to smoke with me can, can join. Um, and, and not a lot of people do want to join. They're kind of like, no, I'm here to Slack. I'm good. Um, but my friend the other day when I handed him the joint that I rolled, he was like, this joint is rolled like someone who actually like smokes weed. Like this, this roll, this, this is not just like oh, like oh, look, you rolled a joint. It's like, dang, you rolled a joint, you know. And and so it was like, yeah, I'm like really proud of myself that I, <laughs> I'm now. It's a hard thing to do. It is. It is. Yeah, I learned. I learned from the best this summer. I learned um, from like all the old school growers this summer that kind of walked me through like how do you actually roll a joint. So that's funny. I would have thought it would be pretty pretty attached to that community that rock climbing are like yeah my go-tos right and, and i think that um uh with rock climbing i think rock climbing can be similar to jujitsu as well where it's like yeah there might be that stigma but there's certainly there's a huge sect of people in rock climbing that are like ultra christian and like you know super straight edge like don't drink and all that and so so yeah like there's there's like a certain amount of people in both of those communities that are like straight edge and it's like not part of their thing yeah you're always going to find that in any group right you're always going to find those people that are just about whatever they're doing yeah they don't partake in yeah any of the extra stuff right yeah and so i mean like when you're out with slackliners yeah there there might be there's probably going to be some weed around but not everyone's like that's not the priority there and then again, how much of that is because we're in Humboldt County? Yeah, right? exactly. You always have to factor that in. Totally, is it, is it totally. part of the community or is, are we just in Humboldt? Where is, yeah. Where do we draw the line there? Right, right. Do you guys, you said it's a Slack Sunday thing? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then um, we're starting the Slacklining Club back up again at the university. And so um, they're going to do a thing um, this weekend where they have it set up at the pump station, like, you know, like West End Road. Um, so yeah, there's, if you ever see a slack line in Humboldt County, it usually means that someone pretty cool is going to be there and they're, they'd be willing to like help you get on the line and if you wanted to try it out. So say hello to people who are slacklining. They're there usually you pretty go. Cool. Now I, I have to ask because COVID was a huge factor for all of us over the past couple of years and being so entwined with physical therapy and just exercise in general, was it 
frustrating not hearing that side of it pushed of, okay, we should get people healthy and we should use our bodies and try to alleviate some of those, especially just stress. If you're just stressed out, just go get some exercise in to right. help yourself. But that was never, nobody promoted that. Yeah. I mean, everyone was kind of in like fight or flight mode at the very beginning anyways. Um, but yeah, when, right when the pandemic started, I was like, okay, so dispensaries are staying open as essential businesses. And so, and also people are like really stressed right now. So like, I'm, I'm actually really curious to see what's happening with cannabis right now. So we did actually run this survey. I ended up not publishing it, but um, but yeah, we we were invest like asking people. Um, I think we recruited people to participate in a survey from HPRC and just said like, you know, are you buying more? Like, are you like stocking up? Kind of like people are stocking up with like you know toilet paper. Are you, are you also stocking up on weed? Um, are you using it? Like, what are you using it for? Um, what is like the purpose of of smoking weed right now? And um, like, are you smoking more or like, are you choosing to use uh, edibles instead of smoking because of the lung problems? Um, and so, yeah, we, we found that um, people were still, you know, you know, using using weed, obviously, to help with their stress a lot of times. Um, and it ultimately turned out where we partnered up with the um, Humboldt Health uh, Health and Human services maybe um some kind of like health agency in humble and we put together these little um flyers that we had at some of the dispensaries that was like hey if you want to use cannabis during covid like here's some um uh harm reduction kind of kind of things like pair it with something that's that's good rather than like don't smoke weed and then doom scroll doom scroll and like pretend that your life is going to be better from this like just because you smoked weed it's like no smoke weed and go for a walk, like smoke weed and, and you know, like do some art for a little while, like pair it with a good activity rather than, um, just social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't make anyone feel better. Like even if you smoke weed beforehand, it's yeah. not going to make you feel it's better. It's not going to be a bright day. Yeah. Yeah. Had you noticed an increase to, I would imagine a lot of people were smoking more weed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think we asked a couple questions about like, are you smoking more weed before exercise or like before work and I there were like a small uptick with both of those but not as not like a significant um increase in either of those why didn't you publish was it just not uh not enough yeah you know um one of my students put it in like the best way I can describe it of um it's like you have to kill a part of your soul to write in an academic way um and wow, that is dark. Yeah, yeah. It's like take away all of the excitement around research and like how can you take this really exciting thing and make it sound as like objective and like rational as possible. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 just have, I have a really hard time with that kind of writing style and that's why I'm trying to do this podcast kind of thing where it's like there's – there's so much value to research and to investigating all these really cool things and talking about it in a really cool way because I don't want to make it sound boring, you know? It's uh, And so that was part of, part of my problem. Um, we submitted it somewhere to a journal and then they came back and uh, the reviewers um, were like, oh, actually you can't really make this claim, you know, like, let's like double check this here. And I was like, you know what? I I have to focus on some other things in my life right now. Like I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I never ended up getting back to it. So I just kind of let it fall away. Is it hard to get something published? 
Is it it like has a been really for rigorous? me. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe I'm just like I um maybe I was like wasn't trained well as a student um and that part of it could be related to like sexism and that I've experienced like in in academia but uh but yeah, I think so when I wanted to publish that cannabis my my cannabis and exercise survey I started that survey in the fall of 2017, finished data collection in fall of 2018, was working with a graduate student to like write it up for publication. It was like not ready for publication for like another year. Like I'm I still have to do like the other parts of my job, so I was like focusing on other things. Finally submitted it to one paper, one journal. They were like, "No, this is a survey. We're not going to publish this." Okay, fine. Send it to another place. Yeah, this is kind of outside the scope of, of our journal as well. So I sent it to another place and then had to go through like uh, the review process is that you you basically say, all right, here's what the article is about. Here are some ideas of reviewers who are doing something like related to this field. That could be good people to look at this paper to see if this is um, this is peer reviewed. And, um, and then that process of... Um, you know, these three reviewers who were looking at your work, going through everything. And then so I had to go back and forth with them for like three times. And like each of those times, it's like two or three months where it goes by. And it's just like another year has now passed. And in that period of time, there's been like two two or three articles that are similar that have been published in the meantime. So now I have to like update all my references to say like, no, this wasn't the first study anymore. This is the third study. But it, it you know... These just match- because of that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's um it's been a really frustrating process for me personally to get things published. Well, yeah, especially like you said, I mean, if you can't get it out fast enough and then somebody else just comes right. along and can for whatever reason push it through. Yeah. And then it looks like yours is now dated and it's like, I was I did this. I, I was, I've I been was, sitting on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I've realized is um when I do look at these other surveys, uh it looks like we were all we all started doing our surveys basically like the same month. We all had these different surveys. None of us knew that anyone else was doing this. And so my initial thought as as like a competitive, you know, scientist person is like hell like this asshole like, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Like I my my study is going to be so much better than this one. And so like that that was my initial like, you know, not good response and then my second my second thought is like oh this person is was like on the same wavelength as me they're probably going to be pretty cool and the more i've actually reached out to people um who are doing cannabis and exercise research the more i'm realizing like oh it's not cutthroat you know academia can be really cutthroat sometimes but um the more i've reached out to them it's like these people are awesome like they've all been really kind and and really collegial and i really like these people and so um when angela bryan she was the one who published the first survey about cannabis and exercise when i uh when i saw that that was published i reached out to her and said hey congratulations i'm working on a on another thing right now like you got there first but like this is awesome like i'm really glad that you got this out and uh and just through me reaching out to her She's now gotten me in contact. Like whenever a, a journalist uh, reaches out to her, then she's like, they're like, oh, do you have anyone else who might be a good good person to interview? She always sends my name in. Like there was a conference where she was asked to be the the keynote speaker for it. And she's like, oh, I'm going to be busy at this other conference. Um, you should ask Whitney Ogle for it. It's like, that's 
awesome. That's you know? huge. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful. And so, um, yeah, I have a colleague down at CSU San Marcos right now, and he and I are organizing a group of other people who are doing cannabis and exercise research. And um, my kind of idea is to reimagine how academic worlds can uh like how we can communicate with each other as academics like like across disciplines yeah and and like or like even like within our discipline because um because this is like kind of the the wild wild west out there for like cannabis and exercise research it's like there's enough room for all of us here and like we all agree that there's not a lot of research out here so how can we either work together if we have like a similar research interest how can we collaborate and like you know, get more data from California and Colorado, for example, or like, okay, so I know that these people over here are doing stuff related to inflammation. Cool. That means I can go over here and do my reaction time stuff. And so, um, so yeah, we're, we're organizing a group of cannabis and exercise researchers right now to have these like, um, uh, anarchy light kind of conferences where, um, we get together and just like decide, what are the three topics we're going to talk about today? And um, like the ones that most people are interested in, we'll talk about those things. How can we, like, what do we know about this topic? Uh, What can we collaborate on in the future and what research needs to be done? And so we all kind of like move forward together with, um, with a stronger baseline and a stronger like connection with each other. A unity. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, academia, um, I mean, like any system is just made by people. And so... Um, you hear about it being cutthroat. Yeah. That's, I mean, at least from the outside perspective, you hear that it's a pretty, you know, dog-eat-dog world. Right. But the more and more I've reached out to people who are doing cannabis and exercise-related things, the more I'm like, these people are actually awesome. And like, we're not at each other's throats. And so I'm I'm I've been really uh happy with how amazing all these people have been when I've actually reached out to them uh and so I'm I'm hopeful that we'll be able to create something that isn't cutthroat. Cuz we're talking about cannabis and exercise. Yeah. Like I mean like how, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Like we're like we get to, you know, talk about exercise and we get to talk about cannabis. Like and you get to smoke weed. Yeah, why, like, exactly. Why are we, why are we upset? <laughs> That's right. That's have right. you noticed or have you experienced any of that cutthroatness or that, oh, that sure. just agitation yeah, against peers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned that sexism. Has that been a big, totally, a big factor in your yeah. career uh, there? There is, um, there's a really great movie. It's on Netflix. You can watch it called Picture a Scientist about how like you know when i say like what is a uh, picture a scientist like when you think of a scientist in your head who do you, like what what kind of person do you think of i think of it's it's going to be sexist i think of a nerdy guy in a lab coat a white right. lab coat with yep. glasses yep yep exactly that's what most people think of and um and then when you actually look at like who's who's making it in um in higher education it's like there's actually like more and more women who are earning phd's but then when you look at, uh, you know, the number of PhDs, like the number of tenured uh, professors that are women, it's like it goes way down. And so it's, there's all these like little things along the way. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to compare sexism to racism, but like, the, you know, that that model of the, um, the iceberg where it's like we can all agree like the stuff above the surface. Oh, like, what you can see versus what you can. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we can all agree that like sexually assaulting a colleague in the workplace is like atrocious. Like 
yeah, we we all agree on that, yeah. right? I don't think um, you're going to get a lot of pushback on that exactly, one. Exactly, exactly. But and so that's what you know when you're talking to to like men in academia, it's like, well, like I'm not I'm not assaulting anyone. It's just like, yeah, but you're making my life like pretty terrible. So like, um, you know, is like that a big portion these, of just being an asshole? Yeah, it's the like workplace. these like little ways that that life is just like a little bit harder and like than it needs to be. Um, and so yeah, it's like I'm. Uh, after watching that movie, I was like able to be like, oh my gosh, like it all makes sense now. Like all the ways that I've been like down on myself about like, oh, I should just like, work harder. It's like, no, that's actually really screwed up that like this happened to this male colleague and it like, didn't happen for me. Like what? Like I, I, it's, and so understanding that more has like given me a better understanding of like, oh Yeah wow, this is kind of actually like all around all the time and like I'm doing okay in spite of the system. That's got to feel good. That even if you have these barriers put up in front of you, you can get through. I mean, it sucks that you have yeah, to break through, yeah. right? It's, it's like, not... cool, I have grit. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, great. There's not a medal for <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and that's why I'm trying to like reimagine what an academic space could look like. It doesn't have to be this like patriarchal like you know, who's better than another person. It's like, we can all get along together. Like, we can all agree on that. So, like, let's let's do that. Let's make that the actual reality of, of how we communicate with each other. Well, that's how it should be. Totally. Right? Yeah. Everybody in that space, in academia, in theory, is there for the same purpose of a pursuit for something higher. Yeah. You're trying to learn. That's exactly. what everybody that goes to school is trying to do. That's what the teachers are there for, yep. is to help disseminate that. Why would there be contention you get it in the workplace in corporate settings where okay i've got to i've got to get to the top of the chain i've got to be ceo i've got to do these things i got to be cutthroat so i can get there yep but in academia it's why fragile egos is that what it is (laughs) totally yeah yeah yeah. i think i mean it's it's kind of um it's high achievers um people who uh like to achieve hot you know good things and like be have like a, a lot of letters after in their name. So it's like a lot of that, like, you know, that macho prestige. kind of, yeah, the prestige kind of thing. And then, you know, uh, it's people uh, who were maybe nerds growing up, like who read a lot of books growing up and like. Not a lot of social skills. Yeah. Yeah. So potentially there's a little bit of some of that. And that's why uh, kinesiology folks are like a special brand of, um, of like ego because, we're the the jocks who are also smart. <laughs> and so like we're like the the oppressor and the oppressed at the same time. And so it's like a really special mix of um of like egos in kinesiology research. Do you guys catch a little more flack because of that? Totally. Because you are the jocks. And yeah. so if you have these academics who might have been bullied or who weren't yeah. favored it's high school all over again. Right. It's like, oh like you you guys are like doing stuff about like how, you know, how People can run on a treadmill. It's like, I'm doing real research here about like cells and, you know, how this relates to cancer. It's like, yeah, if people exercise more, they're probably going to have like less cancer rates. So like, can we, Yeah, you know, bite me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Like your science is not better than my science, you know. Yeah, I could see them trying to shit on the exercise totally. sciences. Yeah. Really? Come over and do some real science. I'm doing particle physics over here. Exactly. Like, well, exactly. that's not going to help if you can't get out of your chair because your body's breaking down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. our bodies is the one thing that we have and that one thing that we have control over. So why not focus on that? Why not? Right? 
it's the one constant throughout your life is you're only you've only got this one yep and you're gonna be stuck in it so why not make it a good one that's what i, I always come back to the equation of a car right mm-hmm. why are you gonna put shitty gas in your corvette what so it breaks down because that's right. what you want how does that make sense yeah. why not put in good gas good fuel eat good food yep exercise it's the only one you've got yeah and you can ride it until the wheels fall off if you want and die at 25 mm-hmm. or you could enjoy it and still maintain some level of mobility and functionality totally. and just be healthy right and it it feels almost like not hippy dippy but it feels you know so simplistic and yet people brush it aside right and nobody's like yeah well that doesn't matter i don't need to exercise i'm gonna be i'm gonna be okay yeah i think some of that is related to who who are the messengers around exercise because you know if you look at these like instagram or tiktok influencers who are these like you know super fit people telling you about how to exercise it's like I'm not, I don't care. I'm not here to get like ripped. Like I just like want to enjoy moving my body. And so I, I, I hope that there's going to be more voices and bodies that are out there just being like, yeah, like my body actually, I just enjoy moving my body in this way. And like, I don't have to look and like the end goal doesn't have to be to have a shredded body. Like, you know, cause, cause like eating disorder disorders and like, um, exercise disorders like that can happen on the other end of the spectrum too it's like people who are super fit are sometimes like pretty unhealthy in some like really big ways too and so um yeah i just like hope that people have just more positive experiences with exercise and and you know we have to be careful that we're not alienating people by saying like if you're not you know exercising like this much at this rate then like you know fuck you it's like no you're moving your body and that's awesome yeah, you don't have to be Mr. Olympia. Totally. You can, you can just get by. You don't need the six-pack. You exactly. get it. Although yeah. I, I have heard that it's to maintain that level of fitness is pretty unhealthy yeah. longevity-wise. Oh, like yeah, to be totally. 2% body fat and yeah. maintain that for months is just ridiculous. I mean, hard. can you imagine like uh, – it's like it's like, you know, when you dated someone who's like gone down that rabbit hole of like being like so into their fitness, it's like – any meal is just like not enjoyable, you know. Like I don't, I don't care about your macros. Yeah, you like oh my god, like this is like the most boring conversation. <laughs> oh, we're having chicken and rice, and and you again? have to take the skin off the chicken. Okay, got it. Like you're healthier than me. Cool. I don't. It's just I don't know. People can hit the extremes for that's, sure. That's an absolute. Yeah, you can swing a little too far. And get a little crazy. It's like the veganism thing where everybody knows you're vegan because yeah. you tell everybody and you can't shut up about it. And like, I'm so happy that works for you. Yeah. That's awesome. But I'm going to I'm gonna stick with my meat over yeah, here. Yeah, like, exactly. It's cool, but you just don't have to cram it down people's throat. I think the balance, right. the balance is important. Just right. be healthy. That doesn't mean you have to go run an ultra marathon every weekend. Exactly. Also means that maybe we don't have McDonald's every weekend, right? Like we can find a happy medium. Yeah, it's all about like, balance. Yeah, and 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 having uh, the ability to like really touch, like tap into your own body. Like, how does this actually feel? You know, because I'll go, I'll go through times where I'm like, yeah, I'll just have cinnamon toast crunch for dinner. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm okay like eating unhealthy every once in a while. But like when I when I do wake up from that, it's like, all right, did I actually feel better right now? It's like, ah, not necessarily. I'm not feeling terrible, so like I'm not gonna like beat myself up for this. But it's it be is okay. an interesting trade off, right? Because yeah. you 
I do that too. I'm a huge fan of cheat meals, but I'll eat a whole pizza and then feel like shit for the next three hours. And it's like, man, those 15 minutes were great, but I don't know if it's worth the three hours of just dying on the couch. Totally. For that mouth pleasure. And same thing with like, you know, that big run that I went on the other day that I was like, yeah, I'm really feeling great right now. And that's like, all right, now two days later, I'm like, I feel terrible. And so like, you know, was that actually a good use of my my body's ability like you know i don't want to feel bad for two days after exercise and so i don't know like how can i enjoy exercise and not kill yourself yeah it's like exercise should be like for enjoyment not for like punishment like that's what i think of like with food too it's like we should eat to enjoy it and to like nourish our bodies not to be like some kind of way to control everything like go. That's where the weed comes in. Yeah, Just that's where the weed comes have in. Have fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the interesting thing about um, uh, cannabis and and eating is like you know typically you know people like eat more, but we find that people who use cannabis regularly actually have lower BMIs than people who uh, don't smoke weed. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I've I've always been. I'm biased because I don't feel like, you know, I don't really pay attention to the standard trope of who smokes weed, right? Yeah. Those lazy, you're just gonna eat. But that is a big one. That eating one, you're mm-hmm. just gonna sit on the couch and you're gonna eat. Maybe there. I mean, it could be that it is changing and that more people are using it in an active way, which mm-hmm. is what I kind of suspected. I think a lot of people have been doing that. Yeah. A lot of athletes. They just don't talk about it right? because there's the stigma. Yep. And if you ha- if you are in that field, why are you going to burn your bridge and say, oh, yeah, I smoke weed for recovery? So the only yeah. people talking about it are the ones that have nothing to lose that are sitting on the couch eating and not doing anything. Right. Because why not? I'm, I'm not doing anything. Why would I not talk about it? Or you have like the hippy-dippy kind of people who are like only eating like vegan food and, and yeah. like, living off the land and like smoking weed. It's just like, yeah, you probably are going to be more fit yeah just talking about it because what why not yeah but if you're in these positions where you have something to lose and you are achieving things it makes sense that they would be quieter yeah and that ties back in again why i think it's fantastic that you are out here speaking because you have the qualifications you clearly are not lazy i mean (laughs) i think anybody that writes a research paper period or does any research is not doesn't fit into that category right and so to have you out here fighting the good fight so to speak i think that's incredibly valuable i think you you need more people that say hey yeah this it's not true you can do these things and you can smoke weed life's not gonna fall apart yeah you're gonna be okay you can still if you are a high achieving person smoking weed's not gonna change that if you're a lazy person smoking weed's probably not gonna change that either you're probably still gonna be lazy yeah but it doesn't have to be smoke weed and become this thing right yeah uh, and like I, I always like to think about weed as like a tool in the toolbox. It's not going to be the thing, the magic bullet that's going to like now magically you can sleep now and like now magically you know you're not going to have inflammation anymore. It's just like yeah, like it's a it's one thing that you can do, but there's a lo- other things you can do that are really good for your health. That you know it's just just one of those things you can use. It's not going to be the cure for everything. Tool in the toolbox. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Whitney, that was awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, me too. Do you want to plug, again, where people can find you, your research, your podcast? 
Yeah, yeah. So the podcast is called Exploring Cannabis and Exercise. I now have it up on um, Spotify and on iTunes, and I think maybe on iHeart Radio. I don't know. I'm still learning how to navigate all that. Um, I have a website. I'm Whitney dot or WhitneyOgle dot com, and um, and then I. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's the Exploring Cannabis and Exercise on on Instagram, and also I've uh, I'm at Doctor Dot Ogle, so like Dr. Period Ogle. Um, that's where you can see me as a professor, and like I post other things related to the things I talk about in class. Um, but yeah, you can find me kind of all over the place. Good. Well, that was awesome, Whitney. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for your time.